Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO. Even more, we are going to cover about App Store SEO, how you can get uh, results uh, with this kind of SEO. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Steve Young. How are you? I'm good. Man, that is, a, I go live too, Anatoly, and that is a very impressive intro, my friend. I loved it. <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, like, oh, yeah. I got to step up my game, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a team uh, there in, in Ukraine and they love to create something interesting, uh, new stuff. You know, it's interesting because I don't give them the exact task, what we want to get. Uh, I just tell them, you know, we have a guest, we want to discuss about this topic and they uh, find uh, all stuff you're online, uh, combine, yeah. fix, and create such promo. So, yeah, I'll Very tell impressive. them. <laughs> okay, before we start, just tell more about yourself, your experience, background, and why you decided to pay attention with that. Yeah, so I started in the app space in 2011, started creating maps of my own, started creating children's apps for my kids who were 18 months at the time. And now it's like, whoa, he's almost 14, this kid. <laughs> but started just creating apps on my own, create was generating around 500 to $1,000 a month. So like, it was like vacation money, frankly. And I was mm -hmm. working for a startup in San Francisco. And so I was doing it, doing it on the side. In 2013, I was like, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur in Anatoly. Like I, I sold cassette tapes when I was younger. So I knew I wanted to run my own <laughs> business. I didn't know what that journey would look like. And I didn't know what kind of business I would have, frankly. And so in 2013, I was like, I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. You know what? I want to do a podcast. And I was like, well, apps are growing. I have this app business. So why don't I just do an app podcast? And so I did that. And I didn't know anything about app marketing at the time. So I was just learning along with my guests. So I interviewed the co-founder Shazam, Tweetbot, Clear. Those were our early guests, the developer of Yahoo Weather. Like I was just trying to really learn from a product and marketing perspective what was working in the app space. But then I built up an audience who then started coming to me for marketing help. And then I was like, still don't know anything yet. But six months after starting the podcast, I ended up leaving that startup job and doing this full time. And so mm -hmm. what we're known for in this space, we have a YouTube channel as well. But what we're known for in the space is just our app store optimization strategies. And in 2019, I made a shift to talk more about the monetization side of things too. And from the app perspective, because as you know, Anatoly, like if you, you can have all the SEO traffic in the world, you can have all the ASO traffic in the world, but if you're not actually converting your users, it's not going to really mean much. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're really trying to focus both on the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel stuff. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. But you know, uh, I, I like your uh, journey because you uh, started to gain your uh, loyal audience, yeah, to grow. And after that, when you can feel that you are ready to monetize, to get results, you yeah. switch attention to that. Yeah, love it. Can you tell your uh, insights about growing audience? How to do it? For example, if someone want to jump uh, on this field, uh, yeah, uh, where to start and uh, your insights, your experience, how you, it's better to do it. Okay, so I got this tip from one of my earlier guests. He was my second guest, maybe my first actually. He was my first guest that I ever had on. And I've, I just was Googling who to get on to the podcast when I first started. And I was reading through his book. He had a, like an e-magazine, app magazine at the time. 
and I was like, hey, here's how I grew my app magazine. And his tip was for the guests, because obviously what you and I do, we leverage our guests' name too, right? In the beginning, you're lever I'm leveraging the co-founders' app. Now I'm constantly creating content, and now I have my own brand. But before, I was leveraging my guests' name. And that's why people were showing up, not because of me, right? I didn't know anything. And so one, you have to leverage your guests. So try to get bigger name guests if you can, because that's going to really help grow your audience. And number two, what he said was, have the guests email the audience. And so that's what mm -hmm. his tip, like, I was like, Hey, would you mind promoting your episode? I love these nuggets. Would you mind promoting this to your email list? In the very beginning, that's what really helped grew the audience. That was his most downloaded downloads. Uh, the most downloaded episode was like him coming on and being like, Hey, the, you know, I was just on Steve. It was at the time app mobile app chat, but I was on app masters. We'd love for you guys to check it out. And then phew, a lot of people were checking them out there so mm -hmm. that's nice, one way nice. <laughs> nice. But i think as you might know it's just consistency right yeah. like in the beginning it's just dude nobody's listening nobody's watching like you know like sometimes we'll have you we go live on youtube every friday at 9 a.m and then sometimes i look at the live viewers and sometimes there's like five people there and i'm like why the hell am i doing this and it just doesn't matter right you can't look at the viewer count and you just have to consistently produce the content if you produce good enough content then you know your audience will slowly grow because i think people get too upset when they don't grow fast enough and they just stop mm -hmm. dude it took me a long time to you know build up the audience i would say like good three months of just slogging it out and just creating content on a consistent basis that ended up being like oh i got it you know like started feeling like oh there are people actually listening to this Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, I think yeah, uh, many content creators, they give up uh, because yeah. they can't get results uh, after a, a few attempts. Even, you know, uh, I check out one uh, study that 50% uh, of all creators don't record the second episode because they can't result from the first episode. <laughs> oh <laughs> how, you can, how you can result from first episode it's literally impossible you know when you have yeah. no audience it takes time uh, to be consistent to uh, yeah to share value as maximum as possible and uh, i think in the beginning it's better to uh, engage with others more than uh, creating content for example 80% of my time i can comment on other posts i can share content i can build relationships and only 20% just for creating content you know that's normal when you have a huge audience you know that your audience can share your content recommend to others so you can you can switch attention, you know, to 80% uh, of your time to create content and 20% with engagement. So it, it depends. But uh, and, you know, I think, uh, for example, uh, when I promoted my Ukrainian channel, uh, I spent uh, like uh, a few years uh, without any results. But when we got uh, a lot of subscribers on YouTube, uh, yeah, we got big clients, big contracts. That was good time. And uh, when I decided to move to English speaking countries, you know, <laughs> I think I changed all my approaches that worked uh, in Ukraine didn't work here. So I changed approaches. Uh, to engage more with others, to build relationships as we do right now. Yeah, yeah. we are talking. Yeah, we have such cooperation. Uh, and um, let's get back to the main topic. Uh, can you tell uh, where to start? For example, if I created my app, uh, what I need to do next? Uh, how to promote app? Where I need to pay more attention? And how to compete with big recognizable apps today? Yeah, so I actually have a video where I talk about ASO, so App Store Optimization, for using SEO terms. So 
I'll try to break it down with you again. So the, the app title, your app name, that's like your page title, right? You mm -hmm. want to have good keywords in there. Obviously you want your brand in there. And for SEO, you might have your brand at the very end, but like for ASO, that still kind of works if you want to put your brand at the end too. So like app marketing by app masters, right? That typical thing. But most brands want their name front and center. So like calm meditation or headspace and then meditation in there. But mm -hmm. those are the good, good keywords. You want to have good keywords in there. So the more high traffic keywords in there, the better it is obviously. But if you're just starting out, you might want to try to find lower competition keywords and I'll give a shout out. Are you based in Ukraine? Uh, no, I'm in Florida. Actually, I left Ukraine two months ago when the war started. Okay. So I'm very lucky All with right. that. <laughs> Well, I'll give you a shout out. They're a Ukrainian company. It's asomobile.net, asomobile.net. But that you can use an ASO tool like that to get the traffic scores and the difficulty scores of a particular keyword. So you can kind of decide where you want to use them. And then the subtitle is sort of like your H1 tag on your page, mm -hmm. right? And so you want good keywords there. You don't need to repeat it. Like unlike maybe SEO, you might want to repeat it. You don't need to repeat it. If it's in the title, great. You don't need to repeat in the subtitle. Mm -hmm. Those are your secondary keywords. And then we have your keyword field on IIS where back in the day, right, back in SEO days, where you had this Medicaid keyword field and you could sort of put different keywords in there. Same thing for that keyword mm -hmm. field. You have a hundred characters. And so you want to put more keywords in there. And the trick that I'll give you that beginning ASO people don't know is for the US, if you're targeting the US app store, the Spanish Mexico, there's a different localization where we can have a whole different like app store for Mexico. The US app store actually indexes that localization. So if you use English keywords in there, you can double mm -hmm. the amount of keywords you're targeting for the US audience. So we have a whole different title, whole different subtitle with different keywords in there. What I've typically done is maybe whatever keywords I have in the US subtitle, I might use it in the Spanish Mexico title, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'll put bump my keywords into the subtitle, the more important keywords. And then the keyword field of Spanish Mexico, I'll have a whole different set of keywords. And they're typically lower competition keywords in there. But if you're just starting out, try to find those keywords that have lower competition because just like SEO, like you're not going to rank number one right off the bat, right? The algorithm takes into account revenues, downloads, and keyword optimization. So obviously, if you're brand new, you don't have revenue, you don't have downloads, mm -hmm. you want to find lower competition keywords to help you rank better and help users find your app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, can you tell how it's important to have strong brand recognition? Uh, if uh, I'm going to, uh, I don't know, to rank my new app, if I have no brand recognition, uh, but uh, compete with big brands, you know, popular brands. You know, here's how I feel about brand recognition. Nobody gives a crap about your brand. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. like. People are so caught up in the brand and they have this clever name and all that stuff. Nobody cares about me. They only mm -hmm. care about themselves. And so I don't think that like what I've talked to smaller developers, I'm like, give up your brand. It's in your developer name. You're going to get indexed for that brand anyways. So just put in meditation, right? And mindfulness. So some people have done that and they, you know, like certain brands that rank really well brands. And I put that in quotes, but certain brands that rank really well for keywords, it's because that's all they have in their app title. And it's only, mm -hmm. right? Like it's the only sleep meditation, for example, and that's it. And they're able to rank really well for some of these keywords. So I would say like, unless you get bigger, like nobody gives a crap about your brand. Stop building your stupid brand. Nobody cares about your brand colors. Nobody cares about any of that, your brand until you've shown that you're consistent. And then you're like, oh, there's the brand, right? It takes years to build. So I mm -hmm. think 
I almost feel like in the beginning, like who gives a crap about your stupid brand? That's how I feel like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, let's talk about uh, description. Uh, how long description should be, you know, for uh, because uh, in SEO, uh, yeah, Google replies many times that it doesn't matter what. Uh, uh how long your content but uh, uh we usually check out online studies and they share uh, that uh, around 2000 words uh, in the top 10 results so it's long content because uh, it's possible that this content can reply much better to uh, questions that users ask so that, that's okay that's normal uh, but what about um, uh, app store optimization uh, do we yep. need to write long descriptions or not no, not really. So we found, so Google play important, right? The description. So Google play, just to give you some context, they have a short description, which is mm -hmm. 80 characters wrong. They have a third, they have a title. Both app stores have 30 character limit and then Google may be coming down to 30, but their short description has a 80 character limit that, that you want a good keywords in there, their long description, which has a 4,000 character limit. You don't need to fill it up, right? You can see some class. So really keyword density matters a lot more just like SEO. And so keyword density is more impactful than just having a super long description. And on, on iOS, we actually haven't not seen the description being indexed at all. Now that's not to mm -hmm. say and the, the, I am running some tests on my end that the description is not important. It might be important to help with web SEO right? Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody's searching for meditation app and you want to rank well on Google web SEO, web mobile SEO, but from a description perspective within iOS and app store SEO, we haven't seen iOS be impactful from a long description mm -hmm. perspective. So you just want to really maximize your subtitle and your keyword field there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, can you tell what to write in, in this description? Uh, the manual, <laughs> uh, how to use it? <laughs> yeah. Provide more sense about yeah. that. It's a copywriting test, right? Like, uh -huh. and, and it's only like, it's a very much copywriting. So I always try to have some social proof in there, lead with benefits. So any type, take a copywriting course in, and I've taken a few that I really like, like talk like an end user. I think people, and even while doing this podcast, people try to sound professional and blah, blah, like just be you, right? Like talk like your normal self, talk like what your users use, the words that your users use. So with the description, I always try to have some certain elements, right? What is the unique selling point? What makes me different? Some social proof and then all the benefits. So it's not like we, we were looking at one app on our live stream and somebody was like, you know, like easy navigation. And it's like, what? I don't, you know, plan. It allows you to plan. If you're a delivery person, it allows you to plan different routes and plan it all out. And it's like easy navigation and all that stuff. It's like, look, on his website, I saw save money deliver more. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit. Easy navigation is a feature. The benefit is save money, deliver more. That's what's using. Now you're using the language of your end users. Easy navigation is not what people would say. Well, I wish I had an app that would help me easy navigate. And no, they just want to be like, I wish there was an app that would let me deliver more so I can make more money, right? Mm -hmm. Save me time and make more money. And so that's how I would start framing some of the long description. And frankly, like people don't read this long description. What I would really focus in on is the screenshots and maybe the first few paragraphs of your long description. That is what you need to really key in on. But most people will not read a long description. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it, valuable. Okay, uh, let's talk about Android and 
Apple. Uh, can you tell the main difference between them? Because in SEO field, we usually pay more attention with Google. Yeah, we can optimize for Bing, that the go, but in most cases, uh, the masters ignore it because yeah, Google uh, has like 92% of whole traffic online. Uh, what about Apple and Android store? What do you think? I mean, the main differences are, they're pretty similar in that regard, right? I think the key difference is so the the optimization, you know, subtitle title, all that stuff, there's some subtle differences there. You just want to have very important stuff. I think from an interaction perspective, like I don't know where you want to get into. Do you want to get into like the market of both or do you want to talk more about the optimization and how to change what do you mean by differences? I mean like uh if we are going to uh rank on Android and yeah. uh on Apple, uh do we need to consider both when we uh optimize uh content or uh, or uh do we need to consider just one and uh I don't know, just provide more insights. <laughs> if yeah, you are sure. going okay. off, yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I you know answer your question properly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what I would say if if you're trying to reach a bigger market Android's the way to go, right? If you have a mm -hmm. subscription-based app where you're trying to make more money off of just the end user, then iOS is the way to go from that mm -hmm. end. And then from a ranking perspective, what we've seen on our end is, you know, iOS tends to, if you're keyword optimized, you got downloads and you're making money, they're going to probably rank you better. On Android, it's like crashed. They're more like sophisticated and stuff in terms of like retention and having all these numbers and be more machine oriented, whereas mm -hmm. Apple feels a little bit less like, you know, not so much machine is going to, we're going to have some users and meaning like people who like this app looks good. Let's rank them a little bit higher type of feel to it. And so from an optimization standpoint, they're pretty much the same, but from like which one to start off with in terms of like, which ones should we optimize first? I would say like the revenue side, if it's subscription, then mm -hmm. go on iOS. If you're just trying to pure, like purely reach the biggest audience, Android has a way bigger market size than iOS. So that's how I would say. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Like, <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, you're so fancy, I, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love your reply. <laughs> and you, you see this guy's life as well. But you know, they are from North Korea. They have no... Uh, Apple, Android, anything, but <laughs> they want to learn something new. <laughs> I just have this fancy soundboard. So that's it. Uh, but you have some, you have some graphics. So that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, can you tell how to find the right web developer, not web developers. Yeah. Uh, app developers who can create awesome app today, because you know, uh, when I check out prices, uh, I can see big difference between them. Uh, someone charges, I don't know, like uh, $15 per hour, others uh, a few hundred dollars per hour. So how to choose the right developers who can create awesome app? Oh man, that's a hard question. I would say like, look at the apps that they've made as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's really it. There's no way to judge it because even though they may seem super professional and they got a bigger team, like, they just don't deliver on time. So that's super hard to judge other than just looking at the apps and then judging it on price. Like don't go super cheap, right? That's not good. Yeah. But at the same time, like you want to see, can we download some of the apps of your, that you've already created and get a sense of that? 
And so I would say like, I have a great developer that is in Sri Lanka that I've worked with for years. And if you guys need an intro, let me know. He's an iOS developer only, but I've got some intros of companies I trust and I have used in the past, but like, it's, it's the hardest thing to do. I mean, the tip that I can give is if you're looking on Upwork, it's probably a trick that everybody knows too, but always lead off your kind of bury it towards the end. Like, here's what I'm looking for, blah, 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 blah. And towards the end, if you're interested in this job, like start your application with, or send me a message with bam, or some word that you want to put in there just so you know that they've read through everything. So that's a little trick to help people filter if you're going on Upwork or any of these like talent pool websites. But in terms of like trying to go after a developer, man, it's hard. It's really hard because I've had some horror stories of clients that I referred this person to. And then it's just like, they're so slow, right? Like sometimes it's just so slow and you would never know mm -hmm. it by just downloading the app. So that's a hard one to yeah. answer, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the same. You know, when someone asked me, please help to find good web developers, uh, it's hard to recommend someone. Uh, yeah. They uh, they sometimes show good results with one project and <laughs> terrible with others. And yeah, yeah, you can lose your, I don't know, like reputation. Well, by the way, let's talk about uh, reviews. How is important to get positive reviews uh, to rent yeah. higher? Yeah, great question. Great question. So back in 2015, I actually thought of a strategy where using SEO, right? Like you think about Yelp, you think about all these review sites, con user generated content helps with SEO, right? So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, reviews are user generated content. What if I buy some reviews, put some keywords in there? Will that help my keyword rankings? And Anatoly, it did. 2015, boom, one or two keyword, one or two reviews. Like we saw a huge increase in keyword rankings. And so literally one story was like, I told my friend, I was like, Hey, I think I have a, just this trick. Can I leave? Like what keyword do you want me to leave in your, in your app? He's like, put this one. And then I was like, okay, I wrote a review for his app on the iPhone. And then he's like, Steve, I'm number two for that keyword. Now I was like, holy shit, isn't it? And so that doesn't work anymore. It is important, obviously, because it's a social proof metric. That's what people are going to look at. Does it impact your keyword rankings? I would say yes and no. Right. I've seen certain apps outrank us when they have less reviews and all that stuff but i would say it's important regardless because as you drive traffic elsewhere either through TikTok, facebook even apple search ads people are using that as a measurement to whether to download your app and so to get those reviews the best practices are no matter what you read online here's what we've seen work well mm -hmm. it's okay to pop up the default review prompt both google and ios have this built in where you don't you don't no longer have to leave the app to leave you a review. So mm -hmm. it's okay to show that default prompt on first open, first time user experience. You just have to find the right time to do it. And I'll give you a story for one of my apps. I actually launched it right when you open the app. That's what you saw. This review, mm -hmm. big old review prompt, right? And I got a lot of ratings and a lot of positive raising ratings too. But I did get two one star ratings that said, I can't use this app without actually reviewing it. So I moved it to mm -hmm. the second open, but I've talked to handful of developers because I have this community that say, Hey, Steve, I actually still have it on first open and it's working really well. So just find the right time. You can still do it on first open. And the reason why you want to keep it on first open is because 25% of all your first opens, that means 75% of your first opens will not come back for that second time. It's mm -hmm. very tricky, right, with apps. And so the best practices are ask for the reviews, 
ask for the money. We've actually seen most people buy during the first time user experience of all the people that do buy. Most people buy during that use first time user experience. So you want to make sure they pull out their wallet and they give you a review as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Good tips. Okay. Uh, uh, in marketing, for example, um, we have, uh, I, I think uh, everywhere we have it. It's like um, when you share value first and then uh, trying to sell. In App Store, I can see uh, something similar when uh, you uh, download the app, uh, you can use some uh, freemium version. Uh, and yeah, after that, you can uh, uh, you can pay, you know, for uh, extended version. Can you tell how it's important today, you know, to uh, provide something free in apps uh, for your app? And uh, uh, does it help to rank your app uh, in store? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So actually, you know, we it's a small sample size. So a couple of different things I'll break down with you. It's a small sample size, but. We saw one client where we lost keyword rankings. We we're able to get number mm -hmm. one for this particular keyword. And we lost keyword rankings because from an app store revenue perspective, their revenues went down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was in line with when they made the switch. So they made the switch to actually getting people to just pull out their credit card rather than going through Apple. Right. I don't know mm -hmm. how they got past this, but they're using like Stripe. Right. So according to App Store Connect, their revenues are down. But hey, Apple, we're not paying you 30% more. So like, <laughs> our revenues are actually up, right? <laughs> We're keeping more of those revenues. So that has an impact, I feel like, revenue. Now, it's not, is it going to make or break your business? No, we went from one to six, right? Like, it's not like we went one to 100. We went from one to six, right? So keep an eye on the revenues. From your freemium standpoint, we actually seen the opposite. If you think about a download, it's a, it's a considered action. I looked at your screenshots. I looked at it. I'm not just nilly-willy downloading apps, right? There's stats out there. Like, most people do not want more apps. So we want an app that we feel like, okay, I actually want to use and I want to have on my phone. So it's a considered action already. It's a very warm lead, right? Mm -hmm. And now what you have to do is now convert them. Now we've seen longer pricing pages, just like you might've seen Anatoly on the web convert better, longer pricing pages, right? You, if you're selling a course, which I know you have an SEO course, like super long, you gotta have all these elements, right? Case studies, modules, blah, 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 blah. Look at any web pricing page on a course, and then you'll find all these elements. So we've actually seen longer pricing pages on mobile perform better. So when mm -hmm. I would to answer your point, it's like, do I have to give something away for free? You don't actually. Mm -hmm. Now we've seen niche apps. You think about fitness apps, you think about, I don't know, the, the more niche, like, for, so let's talk about fitness, right? Maybe you need a freemium model if you're just doing general fitness, mm -hmm. but for like a butt workout or an ab workout, right? Those have decent traffic volume. You can say you either have to pay us. There's no freemium. You're free to download. That's the free part, but mm -hmm. you can't access any of our content unless you pay us. And we see mm -hmm. those actually perform better as a, just locking you out without a freemium than doing the other way. So it depends on the audience. I would just test it. And I've worked with a lot of different clients who have this model where you can't access any content within the app unless you pay. And so there's trials and stuff like, you know, you have to subscribe and then you can cancel any which way, but we've seen those type of apps work too. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, for example, when I search on Google, I usually open, uh, 
like three five results from the top 10 uh, because i i want to check out uh, different content different opinions uh, and uh, i'm looking for the best way when i'm looking uh, something in apple store i download one app i never <laughs> open many apps i don't want to download all of them right yeah so how it's important to be first to have the first yeah. position uh yeah provide more insights about that <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a great 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 question so we've seen that 80 percent of all the downloads go to the first three positions mm -hmm. and then about 60 percent go to the number one position all right mm -hmm. so this is where it you want to be it doesn't matter if you're five or 200 or it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 200 for that particular keyword it won't make a huge impact on your downloads you want to be in the top three as much as possible now mm -hmm. i think this brings up an interesting point from a brand perspective, right? We've seen maybe Google, like you said, hey, maybe I'm Walmart and I want to rank number two for Target. Decent, well, right? Not bad. You, you might get some traction that way. Zero effect on mm -hmm. ASO. We actually had one client, and this was years ago, but we had one client where we helped him on Google Play, number two for all, like five or six of his competitors. We did some optimization. He went from whatever, six or seven to number two for that, all his competitors. And didn't see an increase in downloads. And then mm -hmm. a, some, cause some ASO tools will tell you that, Hey, if you rank number two for this keyword, you'll get this many downloads, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to be careful with that. If it's branded, it actually has zero impact on downloads. I wouldn't say zero, but minimal impact mm -hmm. on downloads, but on the ASA standpoint, so Apple search ads, which is like Google ads, it does work a lot because you're the number one result mm -hmm. you're no longer number two and in, within the app store you can only see top of the fold like two apps show up right and so going after your brand on an apple search ads perspective actually does make sense but aso perspective it does not make sense and those brands actually do convert from tap to install very well so i would say mm -hmm. yeah that's how i break it down oh uh, yeah good. yeah available uh Let's talk about retaining audience. For example, uh, yeah. when, uh, you know, um, it's the main goal for many websites to keep uh, people longer on uh, when they consume content. Uh, for example, social media is the number one goal, for example, for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, any other social media, because if people consume longer, they buy, uh, check out more paid ads, uh, pay more money, you know. Uh, yeah. What about uh, retaining audience by using your app? Does it help to rank higher uh, with um, ASO or not? Yeah, I do think so, right? I do. Google, we've seen some retention being an important factor in how you rank. Now, is it like it would move the needle, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. So I actually, when it comes to retention, I actually think there's a couple of different schools of thought. One, if you can get people to pay, they'll pay attention. So monetization actually drives retention. Whereas on the web, mm -hmm. you might want to give away free content, have a lead gen campaign, do a lot of email drip campaigns, bring in a user, blah, 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 right? So with the app side, it almost feels opposite. If I can get you to pay because your app people are so fickle, then you're more likely to stick in. But you and I, we're going to have to create a lot of content to get people to stick, right? Whereas mm -hmm. the app, it's totally different. Like, come in. You want to pay us? Stay. Yeah. Okay, cool. One, you're probably going to use us more because you paid. And then two, you know, like if you don't pay and you don't use us, well, shoot, we got your money anyways, right? So I would mm -hmm. almost say the counterintuitive. The mm -hmm. the other parameter that I want to get to is, I forgot actually <laughs> what I wanted to get to. So I was uh, slowing down to hopefully remember it, but I totally forgot what the second one thing is. But I think you want to, the re 
the revenue yeah. drives retention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, it's better to retain uh, at any place, you know. Uh, oh, website. Totally, I remember and, now. Okay. okay, but when it comes to retention, so let's say you can't convert that user. Like, I think what app developers are missing are what online marketers have done really well is like email drip funnels, bringing users in, having a drip campaigns that inform users, gives them that little bit of FOMO, right? And so we're helping our clients with email funnels now because I do think it's an overlooked channel. You and I come from the online space, so we understand some of these mechanics, but I think app developers are missing it. So think about email, think about push notifications as a way to re-engage your users and hit them with the FOMO, right? Like use Robert Cianditi's the influence book, use some of those things, urgency, FOMO, like social proof, all these things to bring users back in to the, to the app. So I feel like developers mm -hmm. are overlooking those two particular channels when it comes to retention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah, valuable. Uh, let's talk about which companies need to have uh, their app or not. For example, uh, 15 years ago, I remember uh, that was a common question when people uh, asked, uh, do I need to have a website? Today, uh, we have no this question. All companies need to have websites because uh, I don't know how to go ahead without website. Even simple website that shares about your services, products, anything. What about apps? What do you think? I actually don't think, I'm going to say something you might be surprised. I don't think you need an app. You know, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have come into the space thinking that they need an app because everybody wants an app. I've seen a lot of successful people and I'll, I'll just pick on a few people, right? Let's say you have a content-based app, meaning like videos, you can work out, all this stuff. Maybe you can convert more of your users using some of the tactics that Anatoly has talked about with SEO. Maybe because people are willing to pay $200, $300 for a course online that they wouldn't be able to shell out 50 bucks in an app, mm -hmm. right? Same content, different medium. So I would say is depending on the nature of your app, that maybe if it's a more content-based play, you probably don't need it. Build up the audience, build up the revenues, and let it be an extension of your online business versus like your primary business. So, mm -hmm. and then a lot of times it's a lot cheaper to, with Webflow, with lead pages, ClickFunnels, a lot cheaper to just start changing things on your own on the web versus the app side of things. So it's kind of like, it makes more, you have to find a developer, you have to find the right developer, you have to invest thousands of money when you can pay like Webflow like 20 bucks a month and just boop, put a website out run some Google ads and see if it converts, right? And so mm -hmm. I don't think you, you, not necessarily, not everybody needs an app because it's too costly. They don't, especially when it's your first app, build something simple. I made a super simple app as my very first app. I got thousands of downloads within the first couple of days and it was so stupid, right? It was a flashcard mm -hmm. app and I used a template that was a photo gallery and I found all the designs. I did all the voiceovers. And so it was very easy for me to make. And I would say, start with a very simple app. If you want to go for your grand idea, then understand that you're probably going to need funding. You're probably going to need X, Y, and Z things that you, you haven't really thought about. And so don't just go lean in. And a lot of times people spend their entire budget on making the app. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I have no more money left. How do I market this app? I'm like, bro, I can't help you, man. Like, you, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, uh, in SEO, I have two loving tools, Google Search Console and Google Analytics. I don't know how to go ahead without uh, yeah. data from these tools. What about 
apps. Uh, yeah. Do you have some loving tools that you must have today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I share my screen? Would that would that be helpful? Uh, it's better to tell, and I share uh, yeah in the description because uh, okay. yeah uh, most of that. them uh, we are listening to audio podcasts. Yeah. So Firebase, that's like mm -hmm. Google Analytics for your for mobile, and then the mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to AppFollow.io, and they have a free tool. Mm -hmm. That you can use where you can do some keyword research so it's kind of like your search console keyword planner mm -hmm. type of thing but they have this where you can do you can put it any app in there you can click on their app and then it'll give you the list of keywords that the app indexes for and mm -hmm. unlike other aso tools you have to like start really thinking through these keywords you with app follow you can put any search term in there and then you see the search results and then you click the little icon it only works for ios so it doesn't matter right like it's the same keywords doesn't change too much from a keyword volume perspective between the two platforms anyways what does change is the countries you know but it will suggest some keywords and it's a great way of doing keyword research and the cool thing too is it'll give you the search traffic score now unlike google where you might see you know this keyword gets 10,000 searches per month apple doesn't reveal the data it's a score from what i've seen 5 is usually the lowest score all the way to 100 we don't know what these numbers mean in terms of monthly search volume. Some ASO tools report this many search volume. I just think it's a calculation between like 55 course sort of corresponds to this much. Mm -hmm. And so we, it's hard to us for us to analyze what these search scores mean, but the higher, the better is what I would say and kind of figure it mm -hmm. out their way. Yeah, you can type uh, these tools in private chat. I'll share to the screen and sure. uh, add to the description. Okay, um, I have the question about uh, future. Uh, can you forecast your future? Uh, <laughs> what kind of future are you expecting to see? Uh, because, you know, uh, we can see uh, many things like metaverse, I don't know, uh, probably glasses, probably harmless, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about apps? What kind of future we will have with that? So I, I don't really predict. I don't, I'm not good at that. I'm not one of those or this is where it's headed. So what I will say is the more niche, the better. And mm -hmm. So I do think that the future is still apps. There's a huge space. It's going to continue to grow. But the what I would say is focus on more a niche type of play. And where we've seen, like with clients we've worked with, where they there's their conversion rates are insane, like 20% conversion rates. It's like insane, right? Unheard of. Mm -hmm. Is the more niche and the more of a painkiller that you can make your app the higher your conversions. And so I I don't predict the future. I think apps are continuing to grow. I think subscription is where you want to be if you're in the app space. And so that's how I would answer that. But yeah. Yeah, uh, you man. know, I, I'm on the same boat, you know, especially when I check out stock prices. <laughs> and they said, no, again, you lost money. Warren Buffett uh, shares many times. If you don't invest, that means you are wasting your money. And right. I always invest, <laughs> but uh, I am so bad with predictions. Uh, I'm listening to Warren Buffett, but I always uh, lose my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But I, I think it's like, I mean, the future is, frankly, look at what the, happened in the West. Web, right mm -hmm. like when i started talking in 2019 i was like nobody's talking about cro which cro mm -hmm. has been around for yeah. quite some time on the website 
that and stuff, right? So I was like, oh, what? I don't think anybody's really talking about CRO from an app perspective. Let me be the first. And so you can start picking up things that have happened on the web that are yet, especially from an agency's perspective, like that have yet to happen on the, the mobile side. So that's how I started mm -hmm. to think about it from an agency perspective. Now from like a, just a product perspective, shoot, bro. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. Uh, I have the final question about learning. Uh, can you lead uh, our audience, how they can learn more about, uh, app store optimization? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, what kind of books to read courses, anything about that? Yeah. yeah. I would say like, you know, plug here, go check out our. YouTube channel. It's just appmasters.com slash YouTube, mm -hmm. appmasters.com slash YouTube. But we have a lot of playlists. So I've done ASO tutorial. I've done ASO in 2021, ASO in 2022. And so we really break down our entire playbook on how to do ASO for the app stores and how to do key research, all that stuff. So that's what I would say. There aren't any real good books on the ASO topic. I think I might have an ebook that I've published on Amazon, <laughs> but I wouldn't say that they're like that. My, my ebooks, if you find it, it's still good. Some of the principles still hold today, but I would say just get started. You know, if you know what I would also say is ASO, I've worked with clients doing really well, right? Their ASO sucks. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> just completely sucks, but they rank for really good keywords. And that's uh -huh. because they understand their funnel, right? They know if I pay users to come in from Facebook, from Google, from all this stuff, I know how to convert users. And then they're able to rank for some ridiculous keywords with the crappy ASO. So it's like, mm -hmm. I would say, first and foremost, understand your funnel and then start thinking about all this stuff. Cause I've worked with clients that have the great ASO, but a shitty product and don't convert users and work with clients who have a great product, understand their users, understand their funnel and have crappy ASO, but then able to rank really well for keywords where the other one, best ASO can still can't rank for keywords. Why? Cause they're not making money. They're not, you know, they don't have a funnel. So think about it that way, but I would say our YouTube channel is probably the best source for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can type your, uh, YouTube channel. I'll share sure, man. Uh, in the description below. Uh, thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah. It's a big pleasure to learn about that. You know, I think, uh, uh I'm not good with prediction, but I'm sure uh, future will be shine. will be the best future for a, a SO. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, thanks a lot for all your insights. Tell our audience Definitely. how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, just go to atmasters.com or just check out our YouTube channel. That's pretty much easy. But atmasters.com. And if you want to check me out on social media, everywhere it's just Steve P. Young. Steve Peter Young. Steve P. Young. It's not my middle name isn't Peter, but P for Peter. Steve P. Young. Okay, just, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? Okay. I, mean, I always want to end things with .com. And totally. So anyways, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. It's fun. Do you have any fancy okay. other video clips? Come on. How do we do? Show me another video clip. Uh, no, no, just this. No one. more, no yeah, more of those not... Koreans clapping anymore. <laughs> like, do you have another one? <laughs> no, 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 it's just this one. <laughs> the intro, that's it. But yeah, but but I understand. I need to tell my uh, web uh, video designers to create some final promo. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'll tell them. <laughs> awesome, okay. Yeah. Okay, Steve. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn a lot from you. Uh, okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. See you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. 
Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.